water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements and Avatar podcast. Here today is myself and Caleb, my friend. How are you doing at this moment? Oh, I'm, this is, uh, we're here. We're at a big milestone again. This, this third season is just, it's full of these. So, so I'm pumped. How about you? <laughs> oh man, this is, this will be some of my favorite episodes we're coming up to. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, it's not cause it's the end. It's just like the quality of these episodes. Oh, they get really good. Yep. Sure do. So I'm, I'm excited for the next little arc we have. Yeah, I'll spoil. There was a number of tier moments for me in this episode. Oh, yes. I was having the welled up eyes. Oh, yeah. somebody put a bowl of onions right in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was Elizabeth Welch, Ehas, and Tim Hendrick. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're cutting those onions, and then Ethan Spaulding presented them to me as a director. And the <laughs> drawings of those onions were another than the JN animation. <laughs> There you go. That's, yeah, I figured. Sealing the deal there. Anyways, before we begin this episode, uh, I'd like to, you know, take a word from our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd like to give a quick summary of this episode for you all. We begin this episode in the aftermath of the Day of the Black Sun. Failure is still lingering in the hearts of the boomerangs and their allies as they make their way to the refuge of the abandoned Western Air Temple. But they're not alone on the journey, as the Fire Prince Zuko is tailing not far behind, waiting for his opportunity to request to join their group and teach Aang firebending. And as luck would have it, the group are currently preoccupied with trying to put together their options of who could be Aang's new teacher. But even with this added incentive, when Zuko comes with his hat in hand, trying to present himself as the solution, they still aggressively reject him suspecting this to be a yet another ploy to capture the Avatar. Toph later goes to Zuko, as her truth-bending skills told her his request was genuine. But due to an overzealous trigger finger, Zuko accidentally burns the Earthbender. When Toph returns to the group, the discovery of her injury seals the deal, and they prepare to head off to knock in some Zuko heads. But before they can enact their violence, they're attacked by the Combustion Man. Zuko arrives, trying to stop the assassin but is brushed aside as the Combustion Man's vendetta against the Avatar has gone beyond the bounds of his original contract. Sokka uses his boomerang skills to knock Combustion Man out of the land of the living, and with this matter settled, the group reassesses Zuko's case after proving himself against his former hired gun. They decide to form a tentative alliance, and the question of who will train Aang in firebending is answered. And with the ice slowly melting between the group and its new member, we end the Western Air Temple. And thank you for the summary there. And yeah, if everyone's got their copies synced up to timestamp zero, that's right. Even though we're in book three, we're still doing this weird, uh, weird bit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> exactly. But we'll all press play in in three, two, one, play. So 
We've come. This is pretty much. Was this fourteen? No, this is fifteen, right? Yeah. Uh, no, this is episode twelve, book three. Okay, what am I thinking of? Twelve. Wait a second. There's some synergy here with twelve. Uh? For if you remember back in book one, it was the storm that you know centered around the two you know main characters of this p of this play. Oh, and went and delved into their backstories. And I forget what episode 12 was in the last book, but I remember there was some significance there as well. Oh, I know, because every time I go to make a new... Uh, What's our son? Every time I go to make a new notes page in my, my OneNote uh, avatar or Benny the Elements booklet, it always gives me the Serpent's Pass as the template, which was book two, chapter 12. Ah, yes. Every time it, it gives me that without, without fail. I don't know why that got stuck. And in all hope, ye who enter here. Oh, perhaps what that's what they're saying is they're uh, walking towards the Western Air Temple. We have the the group of all the youngsters and the boomerangs, all the ones that were left behind. Or I guess not left behind, but left to go forward <laughs> at the end of the last two-parter. They were they were told to live. Uh, it was yeah. like I said, it was the end of it's it was the perfect end of Rogue One, uh, as they were leaving Scarif. Or not Scarif, whatever that's planet that had um Jin urso's father galen or so on and now it's the aftermath thankfully there's no traitor in their mists and it's not there's no andor amongst the group <laughs> i think yeah the the andor amongst the group is is appa who's like there's too many of you you're walking i can't carry any further the fact that this you know the half cloud creature is you know still wearing all that armor does make me question things. I'm just like, you know, you probably should dismantle that armor. I don't know if we're gonna use. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, you can get more use out of it, but like, I guess where you're gonna like carry it? That's fair. <laughs> He's just gonna carry it on his back, so it's like this is almost the same amount of weight. What they should do is they should just leave it at the the Western Air Temple and be like, okay, if we come back for the fight next time, we'll just pick it up on the way back. <laughs> Except they have to get to the Western Air Temple first. They can't exact. There's no such thing as uh, teleport teleporting points. Excuse me. Well, if Appa can fly just fine without, you know, maybe maybe all that added weight with the, yeah, the armor and all the people, maybe he'd be able to fly easier without it. There is that too. I guess he could. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Where he goes ahead and takes it all off himself, but the question is, can he take it off himself? Well, no, that's what all the rest of them are there for. <laughs> yeah, but if he gets there first by flying, maybe with Ang, then he he could probably do it. But even still, it's like, but if Appa were to do it just by himself, um. I feel like he may have some struggles there. Yeah, now we're off into uh yeah, let's get back to this this little bit here with our our buds. They're all feeling sad. No, see well well hey, while we were, you know, arguing over whether like um Appa can take his armor off by himself, we they were all arguing about sparrows. The old Fire Nation sparrows or the Earthbending or the Earth Nation or Kingdom Sparrows. Oh wow. Maybe maybe I missed that scene. Hmm. Yeah, no, they were they're just to pass the time away. And uh, specifically, there's one sparrow that went uh, over their heads and flew down. And Toph was like, I wonder if I can feel something underneath. Like, if it lands somewhere, wait a minute, there's something underneath us. Yeah, and then we see the, I guess it's almost like a, a hanging city or something. It's kind of an interesting, like, uh, engineering feat to create this. Yeah, this marvel of architecture that they could build down in this way. Well, it's sort of that, but like, yeah, it's, it's the cities from Evangelion, if, but I guess they make sense, <laughs> but they're, you know, carved out of the mountain itself with the stalag, 
tights, I believe. Oh, is that what they are? Mm. Well, I th- I thought they were. Maybe they, I actually was wondering. Maybe somebody. I don't know if this is in the commentary or not. I didn't have a chance to listen to the commentary, but I, I thought somebody said that, I think it was Brian who said that they may have commissioned some earthbenders to create these out of, uh, out of the rock. Mm-hmm. Which certainly makes sense. Yeah. I guess with earthbenders, it would make it a lot easier. That's for sure. Very much. So there you're like, Hey, can you like, you know, uh, give us a, uh, quick, quick, quickly, like help us out with something, please. <laughs> Yeah, but are, as they're kind of marveling at, oh, yeah, I guess this is, yeah, they're under us. What a surprise. We see that someone else is underfoot and, uh, yeah, sneaking down to meet their surprise before they get there. And somehow he does not end up getting rope burn. Potentially firebenders are immune to that, maybe. Yeah, he, maybe he creates like a little minor like fire barrier in between as he's going down. <laughs> fire barrier with his hands. <laughs> Interesting. Um did you were you at all like i don't know why this reminded me of something but remember some of the old tomb raider games that i watched my cousin play i remember whenever like laura was on a rope she would do something similar to what zuko was doing after he she dismantled yeah i think the xbox uh 360 ones like uh whatever the one that was a remake and then underworld yeah i think they were doing that kind of thing yeah there you go but as uh as he lands onto one of the platforms we get a we get a vision. I don't know a vision, but we get a reminiscence, a memory of Zuko actually kind of knowing his way around this place. Yeah, now we get another nice little flashback to uh, to Iro here as this the, as they're having this kind of. I guess it was right after, well, only a few weeks after Zuko was uh, first injured. That's one of the first places they came to look. According to Uncle, it has been a week. Oh wow! Uh, since his banishment. Uh, and so, yeah, Zuko, but yeah, it's only been a week since your banishment. So Zuko obviously poses the question of like, this is the first place they came to, which makes sense. It's the closest one to the fire nation. So they're like, let's go to all of them. We will go all, um, over the world and search every nook and cranny. So I presume that, yeah, they were coming back to the South pole when they had already checked all of the other four, um, air air temples. Oh, you mean when we first see him in the the pilot there? Yeah, or the first episode, I should say. The the first episode, yes. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know again, Iro. He's doing what he's always doing. He's trying to advise, trying to you know show him that maybe there's a different way to go. It doesn't always have to be this this hyper driven focus on trying to. I guess I guess look for his redemption, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, this is like sees this is book one Zuko where all he was focused on is getting his honor back. Um yeah. because his, you know, his father just, you know, threw out the go find me the avatar and you'll get your honor back. Um uh, commission or whatever you want to call it. Just this, like love, like, yeah, that's what you'll do, and then you'll get my honor back. Or then I'll give you your honor back. It's like, dang, that's that is a controlling man right there. What's so sad is this he he that's what he wanted to do. He's like, okay, even though you just did this horrible abuse to me, I'll just do whatever it takes to earn your respect back. That's something else, man. That's yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that as a dirty, rotten scoundrel. You t- I tell you what. Yep, and yeah, as he's sitting here thinking about who he was then, he's also thinking about who he can be going forward. As he's looking off and wondering how he's going to approach this group. 
Oh, it is the redemption arc. We are in redemption arc territory. Uh, get ready, everybody, because this is, get your paper, get buy your pay per views now, because Zuko is on that run to get the money in the bank. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, and I'll say back when I was first watching this. Oh boy, I was cheering through this episode. This was. I've been waiting for a long time. I was like, come on, come on. When is this guy going to finally take the step? And so when this episode came about, I was I was over the moon. And I still share those thoughts. I'll spoil my final thoughts on this one. Oh, boy, lots of joy here. <laughs> I figure you would have that. But anyway, I guess we shall continue because uh, his reminiscence sure. of the past and, you know, what what could be uh, making up for all that. Uh, is interrupted when he hears Appa and is like, I better, I better skedaddle uh, and skadoodle or else they're going to all turn me into a noodle. <laughs> yeah, and we, it's nice that we have these extra characters along with the gang. We don't get a ton of, a ton of uh, time put towards some character building and stuff, but we get little moments every now and again just to show that they're there and remind us that we like these guys. Like uh, Teo in the, uh, I was going to say in the chair. I guess it's not quite a chair. It's almost like a, like a chair uh, trike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a wheelchair. It's the it's more like a tricycle. Yeah, and uh, is it the Duke? Little guy down there. The Duke, especially when like Haru calls him. Let's let's go do or maybe it's Tail. Uh, he's like, let's go Duke, and he's like, it's the Duke. <laughs> oh yeah, Haru. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice having those guys there just along for the ride, but but we quickly cut away from them as Katara's like, okay. You know, those three, they're just the, the troopers, us three, the kind of the ones in charge, or us four, I should say, with uh, Toph. We're the war council now, <laughs> so we need to figure out what we're going to do going forward and how we're going to, you know, kind of regroup and reassess what our plan's going to be. I, I will say I, I wish that we did have like a bit. I, I, I guess Aang was supposed to do this, but Katara stopped him, so it makes sense in episode, but I, I really wish that... Um, it was it was like the either Southern Air Temple or the Northern Air Temple episodes where uh, Ang showed off the uh, the entire like place like he he went in and around even the Eastern Air Temple as well episodes did this where we go around the entire like um, uh, layout and landscape of the Western Air Temple to see like all the nooks and crannies because that was like what Teo was going he's like oh I wonder if there's any secret rooms and I'm like oh I wanna I wanna see this so badly now yeah or like the game that he found that in that episode that i think the first one that we went to yeah yeah the, yeah that ball episode yeah the, the, yeah the sports epi- oh that was <laughs> that was cool <laughs> yeah i'm definitely with ang i definitely want to go in and see but that's it's funny because i was thinking that too and i was like wait a minute didn't we just come from like tragedy of like the fact that all those you know adults you know like gave their lives basically like gave their freedom up for ang to train it's like dang Making yeah. me, you know, want, making me uh, question my morality here, guys. Good job. <laughs> well, yeah, and spoilers for my hopes for the next episode, but I hope that they stay in this location when Aang begins his firebending so we can explore some more of it. Because it is a beautiful, th- this is one of my favorites, what we've seen so far this season. I think this is a gorgeous location. I think other than like maybe the northern and east or northern and southern air temples, they both have pretty much like all of them have been like pretty much unique in their own way. Yep. Yep. I agree. So, you know, Aang wants to really, you know, go be Aang and kind of, you know, put things off because he, you know, he's a kid and he'd rather have fun. I definitely can 
relate and emulate what he's he's doing empathize with him there um but you know they're like all right so day of the black sun that was a bust we can't do that anymore so Sokka, just like that is like all right uh we're gonna go back to the old plan uh, which <laughs> is you know we can't change the flow of a mighty river so we're just gonna have you master the other four elements whatever mastery means I guess just have control over fire by this point. <laughs> yeah, be able to use it proficiently enough to integrate it into his uh, his battle plans. I like that explanation better than mine. <laughs> Except there's one big problem, Caleb, and what is that? Yeah, you know, they really, you know, I mean, it's it's fair enough, but they really don't know too many firebenders. I mean, yeah, they, they throw out, hey, maybe we can check out Zhang Zhang again. Maybe he can lend us a hand in this regard. I do like the toffs over there. Like who? Like Zhang Zhang. How come I haven't heard this guy? Who? <laughs> who? Yeah, I thought that I, I enjoyed that. It's slight spoiler. This is going to be an episode of references, which I kind of like. I like that too. Yeah. This is a third season after all. Yeah, no, there's a lot of like follow-ups, which is nice. And a lot of payoffs, I guess, which is very smart on their end. Anyway. Um, so yeah, they, they list a bunch of, oh yeah, you can literally like, on one hand, you could probably, yeah, name the amount of earth firebenders <laughs> that they've come across uh, that they could uh, have give give access to training Aang. Uh, well, let's let's go through it. So there was, um, I think, Sh- not Shiru, but was it Shin? I forget his name, but he was the firebending sage or the fire sage, excuse me, but way back in uh, episode eight of book one. Uh, where he helped Aang to get into inside the room of Avatar Roku. Yep, probably currently imprisoned. Yep. Yeah, or maybe in a labor camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, speaking of camp, maybe we could go see um, Pian Dao. Um, maybe he knows like a firebending bud that who is, you know will take in a student of his or um, uh, Kuzan, excuse me. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll train Kuzan at this point, um, who will always wear a hat because he no longer has hair. Um, I guess we could go see Doc and Shu uh, over at that other place. Maybe they know a firebender as well. Um, maybe he'll. Uh, there's Master Fu, I believe, or whatever that that like loser was from Book Two. Maybe there's an equivalent of him in the Fire Nation, where there's some like you know street martial arts um, dojo somewhere where he can like learn firebending easily like that. I don't know. There's they're keeping their options open. And I do have one that I wish that they would have brought up is, I mean, every now and again, Avatar Roku pops up. Couldn't you just ask him to train you? That's a weird one. Like, well, that's 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 one that would probably that that fans are probably debating to this day of like, can the Avatar just ask themselves to train them? Mm. It's like, that is a good point. Maybe there's like an unwritten rule where it's just like it just doesn't work that way. It's it's the whole like you can't like uh, something cannot come from nothing. Maybe, but that's why we have this awkward uh, Zuko trying to plot out how he's going to do his his introduction here. He's going through it step by step, and he's even got an audience that uh, is very similar to the Avatar. You know, he's bald, he's got some lines on him. You know, so it's it's a yeah, it's a pretty equivalent kind of uh, stand in there, I think. <laughs> and he's short. <laughs> yes, I I suppose so. It is a squirrel squirrel toad 
Yeah, and I will say, by the way, this is, uh, I don't know if I'll keep this in, but at my local park today, Campbell Valley, which you've uh, accompanied with me a couple times, uh-huh. I saw what I believe is a, a tree frog today, just hopping around in the rain. A tree frog, eh? Probably, like, really enjoying itself, given that it was, like, you know, humid today. Yeah, it, ha- it was super, it was like a kind of a golden red color with all these little specks all over it little dots mm. and it had these giant feet and i was like oh my gosh like i've never seen a frog like that before in here i know we have tree frogs i've just never come across them so i never actually experienced one before um 0607 by the way is a perfectly good i think it actually may be a bullfrog now that i think about it but like Yes, this tree, this 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 tunnel is like toadstool for some reason. Um, but this squirrel toad, again, this may be a runner up for one of my favorite chimeric beasts this season. Because good grief, it's so cute, it's so rotund. It it's incredibly cute. It's it's feet are kind of spooky with those giant nails, but I do like that it has its own version of the avatar arrow on its head. <laughs> it's awesome. Maybe that's maybe that's saying something potentially. Who knows? Oh, perhaps these were involved with the. Uh, Early waterbenders, they taught them the healing powers, perhaps. Uh, you never know, man. <laughs> yeah, you never know, man. But um, yeah, so uh, maybe it's going well with, I don't know, maybe, maybe. No. No, never mind. Uh, I, was, I was thinking that it was going to go well for Zuko, but his company had to leave. Quite sad. And his temper, his temper too. I mean, the Zuko, he is coming in more humbled. He is coming in, you know, trying to be good. But that temper of his, it just, it just spoils everything. I definitely can relate to that. Um, so he's like, oh, crap. I got to try other tactics. What would Uncle do by this point? Yeah, and he breaks into his, yeah, his, his uh, what's the word? Impersonations. There you go. Which I think is cute. I especially liked his, his Iroh one, but the Azula one was fun too. Listen here, Avatar. <laughs> Great on Dante Bosco, by the way, impersonating, like, um, not fully impersonating, but yeah, trying to impersonate both the other actors, respectively. And I did wonder if maybe, you know, him doing that, if that was a little tribute and maybe made him sad for the recently departed uh, Mako. Or is it Mako? I think it's Mako. I always say Mako. Well, we'll find out in the next series. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, no, this is all fun, and I like the awkwardness with poor Zuko. But it's not, uh, they're, they're still keeping his more negative traits intact. You know, he can't fully change himself, even though he's he's trying to. As much as he'd like to, yeah, he unfortunately, it, it's hard. He's like, how the hey do I do this? It just takes practice. That's the that's the problem. And, and <laughs> exactly. When I say practice, it also means like days. Like you need to, you know, keep interacting with people to do that. Uh, it's no different than practicing on a piano. It's no different than practicing drawing skills you have to like just you know keep doing it day after day uh to get better at it yeah and uh and perhaps firebending well yeah i mean yeah maybe he wants to practice that as well but um <laughs> we then go over to ang which before when in the he exited the scene uh exited stage left uh or right i guess in that case um ending the conversation with like you know him learning firebending because he still has that aversion after what happened with um, uh, was it the, the the deserter right the deserter himself uh, burning Katara's hands he doesn't want to talk about it so he goes off and starts flying and now we're back in the scene of him being good old Aang of putting things off to the last minute 
Yep, even though even though he just had that disastrous failure with the Day of the Black Sun, he's still trying to put off his responsibilities and not have to face up to him. And again, he is a 12-year-old, you know, kid, maybe approaching 13 now, but, mm-hmm. you know, you still got to give him points for being a kid, but, I mean, this guy is a little bit of a, a, little bit of a screw-up at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the monks tried to, you know get him to you know follow the system or whatnot and go with their system but Gyatso was like i'll have none of that and instead goes you know is like i'll train him and then ang hears this and is like i'm gonna run away yeah i also wonder and i kind of wish that we would have seen some flashbacks uh of ang's if he did ever come to the western air temple yeah i mean he says that i mean he seems to know a lot about it he's like oh let me show you the I think one of his favorite places is the all-day echo chamber. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like he's familiar with the location. And plus, he knew when they were approaching that it was underneath them. So Yeah, no, that definitely is true. But before trying to show the echo chamber, Toph notices something behind Appa. Appa moves. And at 07389, Zuko's going in for it. It's the, it's the job interview. We've all been there, haven't we? Oh, yes. And I do like that he starts with his prepared line with the little wave, too. <laughs> Hello there, my fellow my fellow dorks. Yeah, or teenagers. Geek boy. <laughs> Sorry, 0750. That's a funny, like, still image of, Zook, uh, of, of Sokka. Excuse me, I don't know why. And I do like that even though they all immediately go into battle stances, he just kind of rushes through like, okay, just keep talking, keep going through the prepared lines. And hopefully it'll land. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's like, what's the deal with laundry detergent? Huh? Um, and then, uh, Appa at 0758, uh, yells, ha 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 ha. Hello. <laughs> I do like that. Appa gives him the mixed reception. Like first he gives him an intimidating roar. And I say, okay, I'll, I'll lick you now. You know, maybe that was for, hey, you know, in the past you've been rude, but that one time you were nice. So, yep. You now this is my, I think that's cute. Yeah, you, you, you freed me from my imprisonment. So I got to at least, you know, yeah, I got to give you your fair dues on that one. You did good there. Uh, even even when, when Aang sees that, uh, even Momo was like surprised. He's yes. like, whoa, was not expecting Goppa <laughs> to do that. Yes, you know, I love when they make Momo the, the Greek choir just uh, i think that's great <laughs> just like all his eyes are in the awe like whoa and again i love that zuko he, even though he's wiping off this giant amount of uh saliva off his face he's still he's still going through the repaired line he's like okay just stick to the script and hopefully it'll have a good outcome yes this this uh, this non uh ai script i wrote myself oh again topical there you go uh, or AI has always been topical. What are you talking about? You and I are just AIs. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh, no. I, I forgot to mention that the interns who write our scripts for us are AIs. Yeah. Well, yeah, the programmers like just have just just fill in a bunch of like, you know, garbage into the AIs and then they like siphon out what would because what, who would talk like this? There's no there's, there is no Isaac. What are you talking about? <laughs> just an AI. Oh, but um. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, I feel quite bad for Zuko in this scene. You know, he, he's trying. I mean, he's just not good at this kind of stuff. And it's understandable why it falls flat. But, I mean, you could see the, you know, he's really, he really put his heart into trying to prepare this for them. 
there is definitely an effort. Uh, he is going leaks. And the thing is that we, the audience, know this. We have seen this uh, and we've been with him, uh, you know, most of the time. Like, well, all the time. Uh, not not all, all the time, but, you know, for most of this entire series. But the gang, the boomerangs aren't uh, to, mm. you know, open as we are and are, you know, hopeful that we can see redemption art from him because they are a little bit more guarded for being burnt in the past, particularly one of them. <laughs> and another one's going to be burnt uh, quite quickly. Shush. <laughs> Don't spoil it. One thing I do like, or I think is odd, but I like it too, is I guess it shows the uh, the freshness of the wounds because Toph, she mentions later, like, she could tell that his proposal was genuine. It wasn't a trick. But yet she still just meets him with just not wanting to hear it right now. She's just angry and just taken out on him, just like everyone else. Yeah, I, I think a good example of how genuine Zuko is is the fact that in the last episode... Um, Toph experienced somebody who could manipulate their emotions like very well, which was Azula. But here, her brother um, is not as in control of his emotions. And so I kind of like that, where it's just like out of all the people, Toph would be the one to um, be, I guess, you know, for a, a little more open to him. Yeah. But, but I do like this scene of them kicking him down. You know, and he, he immediately... This poor guy, you know, once they start bringing up his his more uh, nefarious past, he gets defensive. He's trying to hold back his temper, but you can feel it just on the edge, ready to burst out. You know, and it's like, oh, that's that's not the posture that you should be having in this situation. You should be completely humbled and just willing to take whatever they're going to throw at you. But it's understandable why he isn't. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, I'll admit sometimes it is. It, it, I, I find it hard to be humbled, even though I'm always like berating myself. Like sometimes when it comes to certain things, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna have to hear this, but I sometimes don't want to hear it. Um, but I will say that yeah, this is where things start to get a little bit, um, yeah, referency. But this is in a good way where we start coming up with a lot of bringing up some past acts and actions, excuse me, that he has done to them. So obviously he mentions how he was the one that freed Appa from his imprisonment all the way back in the later episodes of book two in Bossing Say. To which then, of course, Sokka's like, well, yes, but at the same time, yeah, came to our village, kind of destroyed it. Um, And then Sokka or Katara's like, remember my mother's necklace? That you then use to hire June to then track us down and you know, attack us with. That wasn't very fun. <laughs> yeah, and then he even offers one up. They don't mention it, but he slips up and he's like, "Oh, and you know, it's I'm sorry that I sent that assassin after you guys." You know, and they're like, "Wait, what? Like you sent that that guy after us, Combustion Man?" And it's just like he he just he's digging his own grave even deeper at this point. <laughs> this poor guy. And of course, I also love the fact that when he says, when Sokka says Combustion Man, he's like, Sokka's, or Zuko's like, that's not actually his name. Yeah, and here's a bit when he loses his temper, because he's like, oh, I'm sorry to insult your friend. He, he yells at him like, that's not my friend. It's like, no, no, even though you want to defend yourself here, this is not the time for defending yourself by any means. This is the time to yeah, take the abuse. Just hope that it's only verbal abuse. 
which <laughs> then leads to uh, Zuko. You know, he's he's been getting this stuff from uh, both Katara and Sokka and and Toph a bit, but Hank's not really said anything. He's kind of he's kind of keeping his cards too, closer to his chest. Yeah, and I really like that redirection by Zuko. He's like, okay, I'm not getting anywhere. This is, you know, they're just pushing me to be more the, the old Zuko. Let me see if I can get something with the Avatar, because we had that moment together many years ago. At least, for, well, for us at least, but for them it was only a few months ago. <laughs> a few months. Yes, months, please. Yes. He, he once said we could be friends, so he's he's trying to plead to that yeah, that nature that used to be there between them, hoping that that bridge is still still standing yeah and the offer is still there but ang looks at his uh his friends to see what their thoughts are and he yeah agrees with them of like i cannot give you this chance and so you need to leave yeah poor momo's looking all wide-eyed it's like oh i don't know what to think (laughs) yeah he's even like oh why are you doing it to this guy (laughs) and then poor zuko the foot in his mouth zuko he starts raising his voice. He's stepping towards them, not menacingly, but indignantly. And yeah, they put up their stance even more. They're like, hey, you know, you better get out of here or else we're going to put up the attack. And it's just like, oh, man, he even abased himself at this point. I dared you to step across this line. <laughs> and he gets on his knees and he, he's almost in the begging position. He's like, if you're not going to take me as a friend, you know, just lock me up and I'll train you as your, as your prisoner. If that's what it takes. Yep. So that's really humble stuff. You know, he's <laughs> he's giving it all up at this point. To which Katara's then like, no prisoners. But don't worry, not not in that not in that sense. <laughs> she like splashes him away with water. She's like, out. Hey, just wait. If he kept trying, she'd eventually splash him right over that edge. Get out of here, you <laughs> bum. Even though they were yeah precariously close to an edge. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, and they they basically say like, hey. If you know, you better get out of our sight. And if we see you again, they don't want to say it, but I think the impl- the implication is we're not going to ever see you again if we see you again, because you'll be gone. <laughs> Permanent end, as, uh, as Roku would say. Yeah, murder, death, kill from the old uh, Demolition Man. Court-martialed, shot, and sent to some, I guess, the Fire Nation's front. <laughs> And he he won't be uh won't be able to be reincarnated in the temple of Kant. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's a funny. Sorry, I just ten forty eight. That's a funny image. Uh, that's a funny still. But again, that's I I am not saying that's a bad one. It's just like yeah, that's funny. Uh, oh, and he's like leaning forward and with his, his little frowny face. Uh well, this one he's he's got his tongue about to stick out. Which is a really neat feature, actually. That's a good. That's a good attention to detail. Oh, I see. Yeah, the forty nine for me. Yep. Oh, forty nine. There you go. Um. But yeah. So that didn't go well. The uh, he bombed his interview. Hey, don't worry. Everybody yeah. bombs their first interview or just bombs their interviews. It's not the. It's not. It's not something that you should take lightly. But yeah, he's definitely uh, kicking himself for not for for t- saying that Sparky Sparky Boo Man was with um was oh uh was with um. Uh, was sent by him and i i really feel for zuko in this scene i mean this poor guy he he really spent the time trying to get it right trying to figure out how he could you know break through all that history between them 
and for it to all just blow up in his face and partially from his fault as well for losing his temper a bit. You know, I, I just feel I just feel bad for him. And the poor frog is just so neutral. It's just like I really, you know, I just am trying to hang on to this log here. This is my home. And you're just ranting to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of like the the, 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 the little uh, squirrel toad being there. I think is it's pretty nice for him. I think it's uh, I think it may, may be his new companion because he he may he might need a a friend to just you know have there with him. Could be maybe that's some some country hospitality. The, the frog is like okay, even though this guy's a little bit annoying to me. I'll still be the shoulder that he can, uh, you know, put his head on if he needs it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, like any good old squirrel, you know. <laughs> uh, sure. And pro- protecting his nuts, that is his dignity, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, back at the back at the camp of the gang, you know, the, the others are still off, I guess, exploring. They, they've been maybe they got lost somewhere because, uh, yeah, they've been gone a while. Yeah, and these in this entire light in this mysterious city of gold, they've probably just you know left and got lost since it are stuck in a labyrinth. They had a whole adventure that they wrote a comic about, perhaps. <laughs> um, Spoilers. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I didn't know. Shush. Anyway, moving on. But um, yeah, so they're all kind of debating, like you know, maybe not even debating. They're just kind of venting their frustration. Like I can't believe that guy would think we could trust him after all he's done like this is just embarrassing yeah how dare he tara especially is is mighty peeved for good reason of course because she brings up the crossroads of destiny where uh they were in the um the caves yes they were also in a cave uh with crystals everywhere and the crystal catacomb excuse me and you know he kind of you know broke down or at least you know talked about uh, his, you know, history with his mother. And that yeah. definitely, you know, he was not trying to lull her into being a friend, but unfortunately that's one of Katara's weaknesses, his mother's. Yeah, looking for projects and people who look like they're damaged that she can uh, repair. Yep. Yeah, it's a good thing they gave her that healing power that really feeds into that element of her. But, you know, I really like they bring that back up because of course, you know, her, She'd be like, why should I trust you after I already tried to open myself to you and then got an immediate betrayal? Why should I take that risk again? And how do I know that this isn't just a typical ploy that you break out? So so some really clever writing on their part, bringing that back or some really good attention to detail, I should say. Continuity is the word of the day. Continuity. The fact that uh, the writers have remembered what they wrote. That's the big thing. And thankfully, this is not a very long series, even though we've drawn it out for two years at this point or three years, whatever it is by this point. Um, at least, at least uh, she is. Um, yeah, they've, they've remembered this stuff, which is good. Um, they have a series Bible after all somewhere. But I guess another pro for point for Zuko is that he did not say, even though maybe Azula suspected, but he never did crack down and say that the Avatar was alive, so that's sort of a plus, but it didn't matter in the end. Oh, I thought he did to, uh, I thought he did during the Day of the Black Sun when he had his big confrontation with, uh... I guess he did, but at the same time, that was when he clearly knew Aang wasn't gonna show up. Because <laughs> mm. there was no way he was gonna fight the Fire Lord that day anyways, because Destiny. Yeah, but Aang brings up, because Zuko already kind of mentioned the fact that yeah, they had that more intimate moment where they said they could be friends. Yeah, Aang brings up that, yeah, no, I've I've had my moments too with this guy where 
I thought that there could be something more there than what's been on the surface. So yes, the referring to the blue spirit, I believe that was either 13. That was, yeah, I think that was episode 13 of book one. Um, as, uh, Sokka makes it very clear of like me and the one time, the, uh, the episode where you had to make a suck on frogs, frozen frogs, excuse me. <laughs> and then we get that little, uh, I guess POV shot from within his mouth. Was that one the blue spirit? I thought that was the fortune teller. Nope. The fortune teller was, I think an episode or two later. Oh, I think the fortune teller was in that episode when they had to suck the frogs. It like took place in the same town. Uh, I think. No, that was okay. So it's funny because there was you're thinking of when it was Batau of the Water Tribe, where he hired June uh, to and her Shirshu to sniff out uh, Katara's uh, betrothed necklace or her mother's, mother's necklace, excuse me. And then uh, they went around everywhere in the in the region of uh, the area where the herbalist was. And where they were for the um, the blue spirit, and then they went to uh, the fortune telling town, and they went to Batau of the Water Tribe's little uh, abbey. Yeah, I just looked at the uh, list of episodes, and yeah, those three are all together: the blue spirit, fortune teller, and Batau. There you go. See, I was getting it mixed up. It was a little mini arc they had there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Wow, I just. <laughs> Weird. At eleven forty nine, Sokka really looks like a chimpanzee. There, I I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just past that. And yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, it was a that was also a nice little reference of yeah the whole you know in another lifetime. Do you think that we could have been friends? That was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, and Aang even mentions that in the past. You know, Zuko put himself on the line to save him and. Katara immediately with her suspicions is like, oh, he only did that so he can capture you himself. You know, there's not there's nothing good to this guy. So she's definitely leading the uh, anti Zuko joining up with a boomerang squad. Um, there you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll trademark that. Um, but definitely wearing her emotions on her uh, sleeve. But hey, she's not wrong because technically speaking, yeah, Zuko would have just gotten Aang for his ends. Like that was clearly yeah. what he was trying to do. But uh, by the way, at 12.06, the the mural that's behind them, this mural, these three... Uh, that is so funny just because I'm literally on 12.06. That's, that was perfect. Yeah, the three air bisons. Yeah, that's that's a really pretty image, I think. Uh, background art in this episode's awesome. Yes, this whole setting is just amazing. Yep. They did not disappoint us when it came to designing this world. Yeah. But um, I do like that Toph's over in the corner. This 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 time it's her who's keeping silent until she finally chimes in. It's like, eh, I'm not on the same train as you guys. You know, sure, I don't love the guy, but he's what do you at least what are you saying this time was genuine, as I mentioned before. Yeah. So, you know, it's not nice little uh, somebody's putting the, the hand out for him, especially because she's like, you know, as someone who also shared a pretty messed up family past. You know, I, 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 she, she can get that he's got some issues in that regard, and maybe, interesting. You know, maybe if she could turn out to be on the good side, maybe he's got some good to him too. Second chances, you say? Eh? Well, that's quite interesting. It turns out that uh, you know, Toph, she really cares about family. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I guess it also makes sense with Katara not, you know, believing in second chances, given a certain jet stream of of emotions that comes to her every now and then 
I imagine anytime she thinks of Jet, she just like puts her hand through a wall. <laughs> Probably. Or at least creates a wall of ice and puts her hand through it. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny how Toph is the one being grounded here and, you know, trying to think logically instead of putting her emotions on her sleeve. Oh, and also Zuko brings up the, or Sokka brings up the fact that um, he, Zuko, uh, burnt down Kyoshi Island. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then um, Aang used the Yunagi to uh, wash away all the flames. And then Aang also brings up the fact that he got chained up by Zuko or captured by Zuko on Fire Temple Island. Briefly, of course. <laughs> yeah, but away from some of the references, Katara really just cuts through the quick and is like, yeah, despite all that messed up history that he may have, there's only really one thing that matters at this point. Like, we're in a war. We don't have any options for a firebending teacher. And one just dropped right into our lap. Like, can we really, no matter his past, can we really turn down this opportunity? And yeah, that no one really knows really what to say for that one. Are you trying to tell me that she's suggesting that Zuko teaches Aang firebending. Well, who the hey would have thought of that from the beginning of the series? Oh, that Zuko would be the teacher or that she would suggest it? Because <laughs> um, She would suggest it, excuse me, to these guys. I guess it makes sense given that she was also a, um, you know, like her past, I'm not going to say ways, but, you know, how she was in the past. And so, yeah, I guess in a way that, that does make sense, but... She could not seriously be suggesting that, eh? To be fair, she was the one, the least personally affected by Zuko in particular, but also the the Fire Nation. I mean, she was coming from a rather privileged background. She wouldn't have nearly the, you know, hideous implications that the rest of the group would have. I mean, two genocides for, you know, both parties. And she's just kind of the, you know, half-occupied land that she was living in. I mean, and the Earth Nation really wasn't even that occupied. Maybe a couple little pockets here or there, but definitely not the same level of uh, effect that the rest of them had. The more you make it sound, the, the more you explain things, the more it makes it make this whole like exchange and discussion ugly. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh boy, this is heavy. Oh, it is. I and mean, that's, that's what's so great about Zuko's revelations is yeah. He recognizes, Oh, there, there's no if ends or buts. Not only am I on the side of the bad guys, but, like they have to be stopped like this. I, I can't just, you know, be like Iroh, at least from what probably what he thinks of what Iroh was at this point, which is, you know, he was tentatively still attached to the Fire Nation. He didn't necessarily he didn't agree with them, but he wasn't out there, you know, directly opposing them. Zuko's at the point of I need to be in direct opposition and, you know, kill my dad basically <laughs> yeah that's like, well, like i said last episode uh again because there's two sides ang doesn't know zuko had this conversation so it's a big revelation that he's gonna be taught by him or he's be he's being offered the chance to be taught firebending by him and then zuko already knows he wants to do this so it's like ooh, this is this is real nice like we got we got some opposition here it's it's really this is where the good stuff comes in yeah and this is where the bad stuff comes in too because Toph, you know she also realizes, okay, the, these folks are just too caught up in their emotions to really see what the situation is, what cards we've been dealt. So I'm going to see if I can just go and, you know, mediate this myself. So she goes off. And unfortunately, Zuko, you know, we, we've seen in the past that this guy can have his disturbed dreams. He's never, 
you know, touched with uh, some nice, beautiful dreams. He's always got his little nightmares and issues, and he's very paranoid. So someone approaching him in the night triggers that that fear impulse in him and that attack impulse. <laughs> to be fair, uh, and to at least, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, hear me out. He did get his ship blown up with him inside by those pirates with the blasting jelly, if you recall. You're defending him? He destroyed Kyoshi Island. How could you defend him? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Are you going to, like, beat me up or something like that if I even bring that statement up? <laughs> That's right. I'll set fire to your your ship. <laughs> then I'll, like, uh, like, then I'll say and report you to the cops saying that you committed arson against pro- my property. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe I won't do that. Uh, just, well, at 1337, I don't know why. Just like that still image of Toph. She looks some, I don't know. She looks cute for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Just like a like a plushie almost. When she's being burnt and abused? Which one no, was it? No, of course not. 1347. 1337. No, of course not burnt and abused. And for pit sakes, yeah, I get with... Okay, listen, I have what Zuko has as well, where I have developed this ability to somehow wake up at the moment somebody approaches um me too it has saved me in the past um so that's that's a good thing let's put it that way i won't i won't get into why but it has developed because of like experience and other trials that have occurred with me but anyway uh so i i understand zuko here because you know somebody comes out at night it's like yes his first thing is is fire bending not words unless that was just like a involuntary reaction yeah, I take it more as involuntary. Yeah, it was just his natural instinct. Plus, he was living on the streets and on the roads for many years. Or, again, not many years, many months. Yep. So, perhaps he's... Yeah, that's just his natural impulse. Yep. And we see Toph, yeah, getting panicking because, like, hit her feet. But they also have this, like, weird, like, back-and-forth conversation with each other where she's not totally afraid, but she's also, like, moving away from him. So, pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Oh, she's she's gotten the abuse button put on. I mean, that's their feet burnt. That's some brutality. And he keeps approaching too. He's not backing off. He's grabbing onto her. I mean, that's yeah. No, you're no one. You've stepped over the line, Zuko. I don't understand how to read uh, situations. Yeah, he probably like rolled a real like low one, I guess. Like not real one, but like he rolled a real like low reflex save or will save or something like that. So even though he survived, he accidentally burnt his uh, assailant, and uh, yeah, he's trying to. Like, and he's also rolling for diplomacy and got a one or something like that. Yeah. By the way, yeah, from, from my uh, my partner one time when we were at the uh, in Mexico. She burnt the bottom of her feet with a sunburn. Oh, my. Yeah, and she was limping around for, yeah, a couple days in horrible pain. Jeez, yeah, that's the worst. And her feet were so red, it was just like, oh, it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. Good grief. Look very similar to Toph's feet here. <laughs> Except not, you know, and <laughs> that was a weird, when she scrambles away, it was kind of, it's kind of funny. It was weird. It was, it was funny. She looked like some sort of creature. <laughs> yeah, like a demon, like, geez, what kind of spirit is that? Spirit of Tot's feet. And then she's just crawling out of the wall. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, if she was crawling out of my wall, I'd be shooting some firebending off too. Kind of grudge stuff is this? There you go. Yeah. I, I forgot what it was called in Japanese. Oh, uh, Juwan? Juwan, thank you. And she shows up and she, she tries to preface it. She's she's making it clear that this was not intentional. But she does point out that, yeah, I went to talk to Zuko and he, yeah, he fired my feet, basically. 
Yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at a bowl of rice. I'm just like, oh, that looks so good. I could use some rice right now. Yeah, it's what I have for dinner. But yeah, anyway, yeah, they it's, it's the next morning, and yeah, everybody's you know, Katara's wondering like, oh, where they are, where where are they? And so then, um, the uh, we got shoot, we're gonna have to like go into this. Yeah, the uh, yeah, we're gonna have to go into the R and D department to d- research a a name for these guys that are like the side crew of the boomerangs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they consist of the Duke, Teo, and Haru. Yeah, we'll come up with something next week for you guys. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But they probably short lived. I don't know how long they're going to be continuing with them, but eh, it doesn't matter still. But anyway, yeah, they go and uh, they they are off to like go find um, Toph. Uh, just because, but um, <laughs> the uh, uh, sir, call off the search because she just shows back up. <laughs> yeah. And we, we see Katara quickly jump into the healing routine, you know, trying to polish up those pretty pretty damaged feet. But she does say it's going to take a while, and yeah, the rest of the gang, even though Toph again has tried to explain that this was definitely not a not done to her with hostile intentions, it was an accident. Still, that's that's uh, that's answered the question of what they're going to do with Zuko. It's time to go take this guy out. It is kind of funny, though. She she does actually try to defend him, though, beforehand. She tries to make it known that... Or not even know. She hides the fact that she went to see Zuko. She's like, my yeah. feet got burnt. And they're like, how? My feet got burnt. And they're like, how? <laughs> I went to yeah. see... I was like, embarrassed. So I went to see Zuko. And he accidentally burnt my feet. <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, she saw Aang... You know, killing all those guys in their uh, their their hover boats or not hover boats, <laughs> their their airships in the previous episode. So she knows that they can have their tempers and can lead to some homicide. So I mean, she also could be channeling Aang when Appa went missing and went completely impotent uh, against those buzzer wasps and the um, sandbenders and their uh, sand skiffs. Yeah, to be fair, I don't know how much of that she actually witnessed because Aang had gone off on his own. Not only that, but also the fact that there's sand everywhere, so she couldn't like get a good read on Aang and his body movements. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, and perhaps she didn't witness that the yeah his killing there. Maybe they just told him. She's like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Oh, Aang's just killing all these guys." <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, like in character for Aang to you know be killing all these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, we got the morality tally over here. <laughs> Or sorry, mortality uh, counter over here. Yeah, but either way, uh, Sokka in particular, but also Aang are like, okay, let's, yeah, let's just go get this guy. They they, they decide they're gonna take him as a prisoner, and you know, even though he's already offered that, and they do point that out, Sokka's just like, oh, that's the perfect cover for us to to double cross him and capture him for real. So, you know, he's that that Sokka, he's too smart for me. He's always ten steps ahead, and I'm always. You know, three steps behind. Yep. Sokka, <laughs> big uh, five head, big brain. There you go. Like, smarter than Einstein. And speaking of a big brain, or at least a big uh, bending brain ability, yeah, they get ambushed by our old pal, the Combustion Man. It's been a little while, but here he is again. Bubba Fett, Sparky Sparky Boom Man, has followed the trail all the way back to the Western Air Temple. Oh boy, I wonder how. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, I guess, hmm. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is that he's a like he's got a direct shot. He's a he's an expert marksman, sort of. Yeah. When it comes to having a the equivalent of like maybe a fifty cal bullet that will probably do a lot of like damage to the area. Yep. And and Zuko, I don't I don't know. I guess he was just lingering around spying. 
on the uh, the gang, maybe trying to see what the impact of his damage was to Toph. Yep. And he happens to notice the approaching combustion man, and so he, he pulls out his Tarzan routine, and he uh, yeah grabs a vine and and swings down and kicks him. And it doesn't really work. Like the only thing it does work is that it like prevents him from you know, I guess Amy like getting a direct shot at the boomerangs, but uh yeah it's not gonna work because splash damage is his special speciality excuse me so yeah he's just he's going nuts he's going ham uh and when zuko tries to intervene use words to be like i'm a i'm gonna stop this contract that you've had or whatnot it's like uh he doesn't care it's like huh yeah or if this is personal or if somebody else hired him who knows doesn't really say much so we, we have no idea I get the sense this is the kind of guy that very quickly gets gets their man, you know, and, and fulfills the contracts. And he, he he's maybe pretty choked that he's tried a couple times and these sneaky bunch of kids keep slipping through his fingers. And he's now that he's got them in his his line of fire, he's going to make sure that they don't escape again. That's that's like what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he blasts Zuko away. Zuko, thankfully, got a good uh, dice roll on his uh, reflex save and grabbed a vine before he fell down. Uh, and then Aang and Katara use some bending to, um, you know, distract him as they get behind cover. And then he just starts blasting wildly. And with seismic sense, Toph can feel that he's basically going to take down the whole mountain. By goodness, he is an earthbender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's not quite the avatar, but he's got both. You know, he can do his little combustion, fire bending, and then he can also do earth bending. Yep. That's very surprising. So problem being is that, uh, yeah, they can't see where he is. Uh, and so Katara's like, I don't know how I'm going to get like, you know, throw her water ice at him. But there is one thing that we do have, uh, and that is Sokka's mind and ability to kind of get a general sense of where the shots are coming from and then returning them to sender with his boomerang. Yeah. Boomerang bending. That's what I like to think of it as. There you go. The best kind of bending. Because uh, it'll always come back to you. Um, and so he, you know, waits, he, he lets the combustion man through, throw a few more shots at them, gets a line of like, you know, okay, these are where the shots came from, and then makes like a stupid uh, roll for like throwing our strength check, whatever it's called, and nat 20. Like it's literally just like, yeah, actually, no, 100%. no, 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 19, because Nat 20 would have meant that he would have knocked him out. No, Nat 20 would have meant he, or killed him. Yeah, beheaded him. But um, that would have been funny if he beheads him just as his like he's about to like uh, bend with from his eye again. What it should have done is it should have come around and hit him right at the base of the, the neck and knocked him over the cliff. That would have been the Nat 20. Yeah. One, any one of those or <laughs> actually yeah, hits him in the base of the neck and then as he's falling down uh, he shoots one last um, shot at them mm-hmm. it misses obviously of course but then uh, he also like beheads himself so he like dislodges his like head from his body oh but I do like them giving that spotlight to Sock and I think they giving that little bit of his POV I think was a cool touch too um, but I do question you know the boomerang would it really come back if it makes contact and hits someone? Maybe I don't know enough about boomerang physics. Yeah. So you'd think if it hits someone, it would, you know, it would not come back to, to the person who fired it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the, their design, because they're supposed to be lightweight to throw, but at the same time, it's like how much of it is going to you know, return. 
because uh, it's not like Batman's Batarangs where some of them are equipped to travel in a flight pattern uh, and have a path to them and they'll come back no matter what. So it's like, and they have technology with in them to keep spinning to return to him. But now in this case, yeah, it's, it's full on like, you know, uh, fantasy physics uh, and tro- mm. <laughs> uh, on them. And um, they see that it did nothing to him. Sokka's like, ah, it didn't work. And so they go back to their hiding place. And yeah, he sees he sees where they, they are. He's like, all right, I'm time to, I'm, I'm going to blast them back into non-existence and backfires. <laughs> yeah. And I do like, because we see as we get a little glint as we see his, his glove falling to, into oblivion with him and whatever remains of him. Probably not much. I do like that the gang run over to the edge and they look down and they kind of look back at each other and Aang and Katara looking at Sokka like, ooh. <laughs> Did that just ha- Okay, I guess we're going to add the mortality tally over to Sokka. <laughs> Congratulations, you just killed the Sparky Sparky Boo Man. Yay. Yeah, they're probably thinking the last couple days the bodies are just piling up at this point. How many more are we going to leave behind before we get to that fire lord <laughs> i mean there's always that <laughs> speaking from experience there's always the temptation at the like you know you're in the last mission or whatnot you, you've done a whole pacifist run in a video game and you're just like i'm almost there i i i, I maybe i could just let this one go but then they'll the achievement will know not to pop because the game will be <laughs> like nope you didn't complete the that you killed this one guy at this one mission it's like darn it i gotta stick to that uh no no kill run so that's that's something but Speaking of not being killed, uh, Zuko, yes, as I said before, uh, got a good roll on his reflex save and, yeah, is alive. Uh, even though the entire column and um, uh, building came down with the uh, combustion man, he survived. So, nice. He lives. Not only does he live, but after he manages to uh, recover, he comes waltzing right over to the gang. You know, we did see that the other part of the, the group, that little trio of of secondary buds you know they they still made it they peeked out like oh crap what just happened yep we were just hanging out in that echo room all day uh but here Zuko returns and to be honest if i was uh if i was the the boomerangs i'd be like hmm like he already mentioned that he paid off that assassin guy to come look for us do you think that he just called him up and was like hey can you come and do this job for me and attack them and i'll pretend to attack you and they'll make me look good <laughs> That's what I'd be thinking. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, that is a little bit problematic. Um, and they killed the guy just to do that. So it's like, I don't even know what emotion to like emote at this point. I'm just like, yeah. you're confusing Zuko. They'll never know now. Yeah, never, never know. <laughs> Especially when Zaka's like, yeah, I got the kill on him. Go me. And he's like drawing an eye on his on his forehead or whatnot. Or like an X <laughs> oh, cross no. it or something like that. I'm just like, I am the... Sparky Sparky Boo Man Killer. Yeah, it's like his trophy. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume that he's probably going to go try to find that gauntlet of his or his boot. I never understood what those were, by the way. Were those actual hands or was <laughs> that like weird boots because his hands were like, or his, his feet or, you know, whatever, his body parts were just mauled? That's what I thought. Maybe they were just replacements for missing limbs from all of his years of fighting. I know what they are. I'm just being stupid. <laughs> Hey, sometimes it's hard to tell with this podcast with the uh, which one's the character, which one's not. Me being sarcastic, what, what, what a, what a, what a chance, or what a chance. 
but um yeah either way they're they're all like okay you know we're in the, the afterglow of battle we're, we're all enjoying the fact that we conquered that guy and so ah we're not going to be suspicious towards you we'll just give you the the thanks and maybe a pass let's see well uh sure um because really the speech that suko gives about honor and kind of realize like like this comes from his dad this isn't about his mother which is nice this is all about like what originated him to go after ang and he says about you know what what the realization that he has about what is going on with the fire nation and how it needs to stop is kind of what gets ang to i guess side with him yeah it's real nice the idea of restoring balance to the world uh he asks uh, or yeah, he, he asks tough for forgiveness or at least, you know, says he is sorry, excuse me. And, yeah. and this is actually, this is what it was. Yeah. This is the real turn. Firebending is dangerous and wild. And instantly that triggers Aang. Yeah. Back to the deserter when he first used firebending and it got out of control. And that right there is, yeah, immediately like Aang's like, you're my firebending teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this whole speech by Zuko, this was the first moment where the, the eyes start welling up and, yeah, I started feeling some real emotions here. That this was a really impactful moment for for both characters, I think, but especially Zuko in his uh, yeah, his constant back and forth journey throughout this this whole show. At this point, this is the the moment where it finally solidified, I think, for him. Yeah, uh, maybe there'll be some more moments of that. But twenty one oh six, twenty one oh six is, I think, one of my favorite images of the entire episode where. Never would have thought you'd see it back in episode one. Maybe you would have. Who knows? But even if you did like correctly guess that Zuko was going to be Aang's teacher, it's about the journey, man. It's about the journey for the character. It's not about the fact that yeah. we know it. It's just that you know they they fans probably correctly addressed this, but what did the team do? They kept doing it, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Forget the fact that yeah, you like called it or you know notion dead it's like but did you think it was gonna end up like this this is more satisfying to me than like proving like oh they're gonna like you know do this i'm correct like no this image right here of seeing both individuals you know show respect to one another is downright like my favorite image it's freaking awesome to see like and and the growth and the journey they've come they're not you know the greatest characters ever but darn it at least i can like feel for these two Oh, yeah, they've done a really good job up to this point, especially I'll say with Zuko, perhaps even more so with Aang, with really giving us a great arc for this character. Darn straight. Yeah, so no, I'm totally in for this moment. And I also really like that Aang, you know, even though he has openly declared already to them that, OK, you know, I want you to teach me. He turns around and says, like, OK, first I have to ask the rest of the group if they if they consent to this. But it's only the, the group of the boomerangs. The other guys screw them. Yeah, no, they just got here. Like, yeah, they they weren't affected at all by Zuko, right? <laughs> or the Fire Nation tyranny. Exactly. Like, because Zuko represents the entire Fire Nation here, right? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, he is the Fire Prince. He was acting in their favor for violence that affected just about all of them, I think, probably. Yep. So. Darn straight. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, I think... other, uh, Yeah, and you know what's funny? Zuko was not at all present in the episodes with the Duke, Haru, or Teo. 
because the Duke was with Jet, and that was Jet going to the Fire Nation to, you know, mm. um, mm-hmm. flood that town with a dam. And then there was uh, Haru, who uh, was imprisoned by those firebenders in the nearby village, but Zuko wasn't there until afterwards to get uh, Katara's necklace. And then as for Teo, um, he wasn't present there at all in the Northern Air Temple. So that's, they, yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Technically has an alibi. <laughs> yeah, like, who's this guy? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just Zuko, you know, I'm just part of the... I used to be part of the Fire Nation. No, no particular role or anything. Yeah, not a blood, not not directly descended from the uh, blood, the guy who started this whole thing off. Yeah, I didn't burn out any islands or you know invade any homes or anything like that. So. Yeah, see, I was burned by the Fire Nation. Literally, can't can't you see? <laughs> uh, yeah, look over at tossed feet. Same thing happened to me. Who? 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, even though yeah, Toph gave speaking of which, yeah, Toph gave uh got got burnt feet uh she gives she gives him the pass she's like you know what let's bygones be bygones i'll accept this guy uh into the group so she's she's thumbs up yeah because it's sokka yeah always mission focused sokka he's like okay you know if this is what's gonna it's gonna take to defeat the fire lord and then i'll i'll accept it let's go for it yep very very cautious but he's like all right see where this goes with it <laughs> very sokka and leads then to the emotional uh, healer of the group. And I do love that once the question turns to her, we cut over to Zuko and we see the sweat beads start <laughs> going down his face. Quite a lot, uh, quite quite the glycerin you have on your face there, bud. Oh, and he's remembering his time with her in the uh, yeah the the Crystal Caverns. He's like, oh crap, oh crap. <laughs> yep. So, but she decides, okay, Aang, if you if you think this is what we have to do. And then right now I'll say I'm fine with it. But then she's, you know, she's probably thinking, when am I going to get my moment alone with this guy to put my dagger in him? Yes, potentially. But so, you know, upon hearing that Zuko is enthralled, he's like, oh, my goodness, it worked. And as soon as he goes to, like, you know, give him a handshake or something like that, they all just turn away and leave. It's like, okay, I guess, you know, small victories here. I at least got the verbal consent to join this group um yeah so you know yeah he stays smiling yeah small small victories i gotta yeah i remember that be patient with that kind of stuff by the way i i do love that we uh see Sokka pick up and carry Toph away yeah he's been doing that for a while uh especially when uh sparky sparky boom man was attacking her or attacking them excuse me he's uh, so i wonder i wonder how Toph feels about that <laughs> that's what i was thinking with a little bit of the serpent's past like you mentioned earlier with uh some of her outward displays of potentially affection Oh, Sokka, you saved me, Smooch. Yeah, so maybe she's uh, silently, you know, savoring those moments. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that is the uh, is the case. So the next scene is, strangely enough, uh, the interior of one of these buildings. And Sokka shows Zuko to a room. Home sweet home, apparently. Oh. I'm getting my hopes up here. This they're settling in. This is uh, I'm hoping this will be sticking around for a while. Yeah, and weirdly he's just like, yeah, unpack. Lunch is going to be soon. And yeah, Sokka leaves. It's like this is quite weird. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a little bit awkward. No one knows how to quite uh, address this strange turn of events. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 okay with this. This is this is definitely how the characters would react to this and. Yeah, so we we see Zuko unpack his belongings, and we see a picture 
of good old Uncle Iroh. Oh boy, that one hit me. That one hit me really hard. Which then sends us to a flashback. Basically, he they're still in the Western Temple before they leave, and he vows that he will one day capture the Avatar as he was his motivation. And now it was Uncle Iroh who then said, you know, destiny is quite the thing. Because if you keep an open mind about it, it's probably going to not be as... And an open heart, excuse me. It's going to end up being different for you, potentially. Yeah, you never know what it can bring free, bring in your way. Yep. I paraphrased that whole thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm, I promise you one day, you know, your destiny's going to find you. So Exactly. You are not wrong there. Now he's just yeah, sitting there alone. I think it's very fitting that he's alone there as he's just kind of reflecting on yeah, now he's finally arrived. His uncle isn't there to, you know, kind of be a someone talking over his shoulder anymore. Now he has to stand on his own feet and he feels like he's finally made the right choice for once. Hasn't Zuko always been alone? Oh, in a way. Yeah, in a way. But soon he is no longer alone in the room, for there is a presence that comes towards him. Yeah, she was just creeping there as he was having his private moment of your reflection and, and his own private joy. She was just there in the doorway, just, yes, in her way, seething, I imagine. And then she comes over and she's like, yeah, you might have everyone else, you know, fooled into buying this, this new change that you've overcome. Uh, but yeah, I, I know who you really are. And if you step out of line, you give me any reason to not trust you, then I'm going to end you. Let's just say that there is this force inside of me that has, I've learned a forbidden art, a technique. If you do that, if you do anything to Aang, Oof. I will either boil your blood alive or I'll like, oh my gosh. I'll march you into the heart of a mountain and lock you up in there. No, I will remove every inch of your blood from each, all your sweat glands. Oh no. This is... And then have you drink it down your throat. Yeah, and as much as I said, uh, you know, I was I was very moved by that scene with Iroh's picture in particular, but the memory as well. I think also with the, you know, the death of the actor, I think that was also affecting me quite a bit in that moment. It, yeah, no, that was that was a moment. But I do wish that they hadn't, uh, because that whole flashback was so much about, you know, destiny that that was used several times. The fact that Katara also mentions destiny. A couple times there, I, I was like, mm, uh, maybe that, that almost seems like she was happening to watch that flashback there. Maybe she maybe she shouldn't use that word. Yeah, a little bit too on the nose there, but a smidge, just just a just a slight smidge. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. That was kind of unnecessary, but definitely the intimidation that she was throwing at him. Yeah, I can agree with that, though. Oh, yeah, she's spooky. I'd be like, oh, oh, boy, that. Definitely not going to step in the line now. This this chick, she's a uh, yeah, she's serious. <laughs> she's no longer the small village girl she once was. Oh yeah, big transformation. Yeah, quite. And this ends um, the Western Air Temple. Oh, but I do love just as she walks out of the room. You know, he's keeping his posture. He's he's not trying to be intimidating, but he's trying to you know not not look like he's frightened or or put off. But when she closes the door, he just does this like cartoon slump down. It's like, oh man, I, just, I, just, I laughed at that. I'm in the slumps. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was such an emotional, uh, like uh, roller coaster. That scene with the, oh, I'm so moved. Oh no, 
Katara's Pookie. And then a little end laugh as he slumps down. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like me. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. What do we think about this one? Another one for the gutter, another one for the trash bin or or what? Throw it in the trash. It doesn't need to be be here at all. Yeah, totally filler. This one. Yeah, yeah, complete garbage. <laughs> Kidding. No, this was necessary. This is so satisfying. Oh, yes. This this third season has been um, chock full of bangers so far, but this one, yeah, no, they, they delivered. They once again yeah, knocked out of the park and they got me. Take my money. This this is, you know, take the awards that you can you can find. I'll give you any awards. You know, this is uh, this is some great stuff here. Yeah, no, um, this has been building uh, for, you know, past two, two. Well, yeah, three seasons, as you said. And it's yeah, no, this is this is great. I didn't expect this. Or yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I expected this when I was a kid. I don't think I expected to see Zuko to be the one to um, training and in, in, in firebending. But had you told me that, I'd been like, "How are they going to do that?" I think I would have been satisfied. Yeah, and I don't think I knew when I was watching it. I because I, I knew very little about this show coming into it, except that it was uh, very well regarded. But I, I, I'm pretty sure by this point, I, I was convinced that that was the only solution. Because I was like, okay, there's there's like no one else, literally no one else that they that they've got for this. Yeah, we're gonna do have Zula do it because <laughs> she, she she'll do it on the on the chance of like, okay, you we, you kill my father for me, I I teach you firebending, but you have to kill my father for me, but then I get to uh, become Fire Lord. <laughs> it's like I don't know about that. That seems kind of underhanded. And I remember that, that I was waiting because I was like, okay, they you know at the start of book three. They've got to introduce this person right away because, you know, a Toph, you know, they, they gave her the appropriate time to become part of the group and become a likable character. I was like, oh, there, there's not that many episodes in the third season left. I mean, or even at the start, I was like, that's not that long to introduce a whole new character and making us make us really care about him. So, yeah, partway through this season, I was like, OK, it's, it's got to be Zuko. There's no one else that we can do. You guys are absolute geniuses. Yeah, and and especially following up such a big kind of epic conclusion in the last episode, or not a conclusion, but a big epic moment, big stepping stone in the the battle towards winning this. You know, that that that, that thing was so action heavy. It was nice to have one that was more played down and much more about the, the emotional place that all the characters are in. I think it was a yeah, really wise choice putting that putting this episode where it is. Yeah, I think well, it doesn't have a lot of weight to it, and I'm not saying there needs to be doom and gloom or anything like that, but definitely this episode could have gone in a different direction of exploring the past, potentially, as they come to the Western Air Temple, and Aang kind of fills them in on, you know, what the what his experiences were there, and if it, it could have tied into, you know, what they were, the day of the Black Sun, potentially. I, I don't know how, but uh, the fact that they had to, you know, they had to lose, basically, and... It definitely could have gone into that, but instead they gained the best solution. Like, you know, it was the worst case scenario of all. It's, it's kind of funny how Sokka just, maybe I said this before, but it's funny how like all his plans were just completely like, you know, like he, he had been talking about this for like a season and a half of the day of the black sun. And then like that, it's, it's over They're They're gone. Um, they were thwarted and he's like, all right, back to the new plan. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> Just like that, huh? You're not like at all 
beefing over the fact that uh, your your plan your your genius plan is gone now. All right, fair enough. So it is. You're 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 definitely right that at the darkest moment of the series, that you know, no, they did not get the chance to kill Ozai uh, when they were powerless. The fact that they do get Zuko, on the other hand, that's quite fortunate. Saying that, no, you can, no matter how much you try, um, destiny is always calling, and there must be four elements mastered uh, to do this. Mm. And it's nice to very quickly, after that big failure, it's like, oh crap, where are they going to go? To have this new light, new direction that they can build towards, I think is another really smart choice in their part. Yeah, they got some episodes remaining, so like, yeah, you're you're definitely right. Like now, it's what are we gonna what are we gonna see with Zuko and Aang? Yeah, that's gonna have to wait because boy, oh boy, that's 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 for another day, ladies and gentlemen. Those of us affiliate, thank you for listening to us tonight. I had a blast. How about you? Oh boy, I'm pumped to see, pumped and sad as we continue book three. This is yeah, this is gonna be a lot for me. It's been a it's been you know, it's been a couple of years of our lives doing this show and yeah, it's coming coming to the end of the Avatar section, at least Avatar Last Airbender. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay. I can't I can't deny your feelings, but it's like all right, all right, it's enough with the schmaltz. Like I got it, Mike. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I'm saving this till the very end. Um Oh, I'll be there all this all steps along the way. This is yeah, it's sad coming to the end of this, but but yeah, let's let's pull out <laughs> this episode. So Till next time, I would say that if you get the chance to go to the Western Air Temple or whatever the real life location is, definitely do that because that was fun. But if you see a combustion, if you see a sort of like big man with like, you know, an, an amputee or whatnot, and he's blasting, you know, bolts of fire from his eye, maybe it'd be best to like get the security guards to escort him out of there. Peace. Peace. <laughs>